I don't know how much it's gonna. The editing needs to. This episode is gonna need a lot of editing. All right, welcome everyone to the uh, secondhand screenplay. I'm your host Bill, and I'm Nate, and I'm Bottom. Yeah, it's great. We got a guest. Botan, our very, very good friend. I mean, very foreign and uh, and not really a star, right? A very handsome, <laughs> not, a very handsome star. Not even. If only you guys could see him. Uh, and uh, if you've you know looked at anything uh, in the episode that you clicked on, uh, you'll know the title for this episode is Late Night Road Trips. Late Night Movies. Um, is this a term only I'm familiar with? Well, like when you Google it, it's a little uh, a little vague. When you say late night road trips, I think of like Euro Trip and like uh, Super Troopers. I'm pretty sure Euro Trip is done by one of the creators of one of the films in our list, so I feel like you're on the right track. Uh, but not actually in my list. <laughs> Dazed and Confused. That's not a road trip movie, but there's something there. No, it's it's, but it is in the a late theme. night. That's a late night movie. When you used to run basic cable and you get to 1 to 2 a.m. and you're like, what good working American is watching TV at this time? <laughs> Clearly the drunks and the stoners. Let's let's put something down their alley, you know, down there. I was always in bed. Okay, so so this this is interesting. I'm going to I'm going to tell you a, a small secret. Europe late night movies are are basically you go to every music channel, yep. MTV, stuff like that that uh, around 1 p.m. Switches to adult channels. <laughs> so late night movie were, for me was fun time as a teenager. Oh my god. <laughs> nothing and scary, nothing sketchy. I, I eh? totally believe it because I uh, I went to uh, Britain for a wedding and just, you know, watching TV late at night. And they come on this show and it's um, if you can love someone uh, purely by their physical attractiveness, which is a weird concept. And it became weirder when they started stripping people's clothes off in between rounds. Wasn't that the and plot of um, the uh, Taste of Water? What the fuck is that movie called? Shape of Water? The Shape of Water? Don't, don't get me started on the Shape <laughs> Anyway, uh, this this was the only show I've ever watched where characters got fully nude in front of each other and then went on a fully clothed date as the finale. It was the exact opposite of everything I'd uh, say U.S. television dating is. And it's so odd to hear that like Europe is the complete inverse. Yeah, it's so it's, it's so funny because I don't know if you recall it, but like I, when I was nine or ten and uh, I was watching a movie with my parents and there was a, a guy. And the, and the girl kissing and I was like I, I, I would hide my face or just walk out to, to say you know I have to pee I can't watch this and right now you can get like literally sex scenes with a 12 rated movie and <laughs> your parents are there watching I, I remember I was watching uh, the new Freddie Mercury movie with Rami Malek with those sex scenes with my father ah, but it was sketchy you know like <laughs> I mean you don't, and, and sometimes it's, you don't, you don't really want to see sexuality in the movies, no matter if it's... Especially when you're by your parents, you're, you're yeah. kind of hoping it doesn't yeah. come up. So the UK TV show I was talking about was called Naked Attraction. Um, I've, I've seen, I've seen that. You, it's, it's a experience. I've it's, seen that because I wanted to see people naked, not because <laughs> I was actually interested. Yeah, in yeah, that's not because you're into this, uh, low level, poorly written reality TV. No, 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 you're above this. You just want to see. I just, I'm actually, I'm actually more morally sound than the viewer base that they're looking for. I just am trying to see people naked, on the average. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Sorry, mom. When you when you listen to this, <laughs> when you inevitably listen, when to you this. inevitably find out about this podcast, call, call me old fashioned, but old fashioned. But I, I I don't really want to see sex in a movie. Like I, I think I, I think I think there are there are movies I I where, where it it feels good. Sex in a movie should serve a purpose. It should tell yeah. us about something about the characters, and a lot of times it's thrown in uh, gratuitously. It, it it's most uh, apparent. And especially poor movies. La- two nights ago, two nights ago, I watched Death Race 2000. I was not happy to see the fucking censor blurs in on these movies. I'm, I'm against uh, censoring. I think it should be cut rather than yeah. censored. Oh, Unless I, I, uh, censoring serves a purpose, because I feel like in some comedies, um, having like a random word bleeped or some shit can actually make it more funny. Family Guy. You're like, that's... Yeah. Like, like Peter falling down the stairs yelling fuck on every step is less funny than everything being bleeped. The fact that everything is bleeped heightens the, the comedy and it serves a purpose at that point. And everything, everything Agreed. in a story should serve a purpose. Agreed. And they should not have censored, the streaming service I watched on should not have censored yeah. Death Race 2000. Just, just let's look at the movie Basic Instinct, right? It serves a purpose in basic instinct, though. It's like part of the way she manipulates people. You couldn't sell the movie without having sexual theme scenes. But there are so many ridiculous or unnecessary... Like, for me, a sex scene in a movie is just cover ourselves with blankets and see what happens in the next morning, right? You need about 30 seconds. You need to fail the black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to show... And if that's the point... Everyone's bricked up. Everyone's bricked up. If that's the point, that it's like... You know, me and you watch Red Rocket. Phenomenal movie. Really surprisingly I good. I fucking love that movie. Surprisingly it's fucking good. on my list of like best movies of all the time. The movie is about a porn star uh, taking advantage of like a girl who's coming of age. And there is no uh, sex scenes in that beyond the two of them are undercovers fade to black. I can, I can give an example for a good Sex scene. I think we all watched Atomic Blonde together. We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Uh, specifically because of the uh, uh, amount of Budapest that it present. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Atomic <laughs> Blonde. Uh, I think we know someone from there. Hungary. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hungary. Viva <laughs> Hungary. So, but there, there's a good sex scene there. When they started, they are actually like when they are touching each other's bodies, they are they are looking for for guns or or gadgets. So. I, I really recommend oh. you rewatching the scene. It's, it's that starts as a, a cool, pat down. Yeah, as a pat down. It's a super cool scene. It's a it's a cool scene. There's a movie I watched over Christmas, Fifth Element. Uh, Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich. I'm uh, I'm and, well aware of Fifth uh, Element. It's uh, there's interesting. Like at least Mila Jovovich. I have no idea what is going on in that movie, and I cannot tell you the plot other than Alien meets Taxi Driver. Another alien appears. I don't know what else happens. I know her nipple. Alright, I, I, I have to Cage. derail this so we can get back to the uh, the actual thing. Unless your Nicholas Cage point is you think is gonna be really I was gonna say really good. Pig. And Has anyone think, seen Pig? Yeah, I've seen Pig. I've not seen Pig. What do you think of Pig? I think that Nicolas Cage is so I have a list for movies. I categorize them by A, B, C and Z. And Nick Cage has done all the levels, like First, or or my most favorite Nicolas Cage movies were like Conair. Conair's novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Fantastic movie. Gone in 60, what's the... Gone in 60 seconds. Gone in 60 seconds. That's a fun, fantastic film. Uh, Face Off with uh, John Travolta. Another yeah. good one. Pig is... That's a, and, and I wouldn't argue it's good, it's just like classic. And it's, there are those... It's a must watch. 
And there are those B categories, National Treasure, or, or what's the title? National yeah. Treasure movies. Yeah, right. National Treasure, but they are good, they are same, watchable. I, same category as Face Off, you, you gotta watch them at least once. Yeah, well, I think Face Off is a little bit higher, and then, then he has these bad movies. I can't even list them because there are so many, right? Because the, the, isn't he in like the Wicker Man or something? Like, isn't that like the, the classic, like, the, the bees? Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Yeah! Or whatever the fuck. Um, and, and, no, some movie like that. Nick Cage is in. Nick Cage said um, that Pig was the best work he's ever done. <laughs> What do you think it, about it, it would have to be Nicolas Cage saying no, that. No, it was. It was Nicolas Cage saying that's the best work he's ever done. What do you think about that? Um, I can't form a proper opinion about about uh, Pig because he has so many shitty movies. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that movie with Pedro Pascal, right? He's no, 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 that's uh, the... Uh a crushing amount of fame or something like that. It's uh, uh, when he's playing himself, right? He's doing with, even then with um, Pedro Pascal with the girl, uh, the woman. Uh, um, you know the girl, the woman. Fuck, in the film, in, she's in fucking the Kill unbearable Bill. weight of massive talent. She's in Kill Bill. Oh, the Uma unbearable Thurman. weight of massive. What's talent. her name? Uma Thurman. Uma, Uma Thurman no, is the one. The other woman. The uh, other woman from Kill Bill, like what? The one I have. The one? old woman. The old one. Look, at, it's right on the movie poster. Her name's on the movie poster. She stars in it. Daryl Hannah? Lucy Liu. No. No. Uh, Daryl Hannah. No. Vivica A. Fox. Look at the movie poster for... The Unbearable Way to Mass Tell. Yeah, look at the movie poster. Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal, Liam O'Shea, Alessa, Alessandra Macedero, Demi Moore. I think you're just wrong. Did I see? Yeah, I am. So, uh, we just talked a lot about uh, movies that use, like, sex and violence and other, uh, like, you and know... sex on TV. R-rated concepts in a violence very positive movies. light. But uh, we're going to be talking about a couple movies that don't necessarily use them in such a way that is transformative and is just really the butt of the joke. These are, like, late-night comedies, often male-led. Uh, so I, got, I picked out three of them. I got Road Trip... Miss March and Without a Paddle. Uh, and we're going to go through their movie info and you guys are going to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. Have either of you guys uh, seen any of these movies? No, no, no. I Maybe. I, I don't know. Because I've, <laughs> I've seen Miss March. I'm pretty sure it was the last uh, like late night movie I actually saw as like a active effort on my part. And I'm pretty sure I saw Without a Paddle. But it's one of those things where I read the movie description and I was like, I don't remember that movie. Craig Robinson as the rapper. Uh, without a, uh, Miss March. Miss right? March. Miss Craig March. Robinson yes, as Craig the Robinson rapper. is uh, horsedick.mpeg. That's in that film. about all I know about the movie is his songs. And I, I, I only learned about Miss March because of my love uh, for Wise Kids You Know, and it's still quite a uh, late night film. Uh, so we're going to start out with uh, Road Trip, this is the one I'm going to read you the description first. You guys are going to guess the uh, critic rating for this, and uh, we're going to see how close you can get. I think I know this one, but cool. The greatest college tradition of all, Road Trip. <clears throat> Josh videotapes his affair with another girl and accidentally mails it to his girlfriend. Discovering the mistake, he tows two of his college buddies and one not-so-eager kid who happens to own the car 
on a 1,800-mile road trip from Ithaca, New York to Austin, Texas to save his lifelong romance. Sounds familiar, but I definitely haven't seen it. But I definitely, I think, I feel like I've brushed by it while watching uh-huh. other movies. I agree, like, same with me. What would you think the uh, critic rating is? What year did it come out? For a picture like this. Came out in 2000. So it's Rotten Tomato. Yep. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is what we're using. I would say... Audience for... score or critic score? Audience. Critics. Critic score. Critic score for all these. I've fucking done an episode of this and I've... Fucking I would say 38%. 38%. What for do you got? Critics... Ah, uh, 58. 57. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Unreal. Alright, we're going to do Miss March next. On the night that he and his high school sweetheart, Cindy, plan to consummate their love, Eugene whacks his head and falls into a coma. Four years later, Eugene wakes up and discovers that his erstwhile girlfriend is now a centerfold model in Playboy magazine. Together with his best friend Tucker, Eugene embarks on a cross-country road trip to Hugh Hefner's world-famous mansion to win Cindy back and rescue her from a life of decadence. <laughs> what was this, 2006? Uh, 2009. Nice. I would say it's uh, probably 37. I'd say 32. Five. <laughs> and probably... The- it's not a great film. You know, it's, when you, it's not. When you have a character like Horsedick.mpeg, you're like, you're not <laughs> reaching for the stars. I was just about to say, I know it's not good, but Horsedick.mpeg had like a influential point of my fucking child in my high as, school experience. As a Whitest Kids, you know, fan, you know, you got uh, Zach Krager and Trevor Moore. There's some fun to be had. It's a experience, like I said. Not great, though. 5%. It's not meant to be taken seriously. No. Trevor Moore's, like, uh, song stuff is, is pretty good. And I thought, uh, oddly enough, the promotional material for Miss March, where they brought in, like, other members of their cast from the sketch comedy days and, like, auditioned them, uh, funnier than the actual content of the film. Uh, third and final one is the only one of these three movies that's not actually rated R. as without a paddle. Uh, I fucking... Actually, I do know this one. I haven't seen it, but I know it. Wait, pitch me, pitch I might have seen it. Right now. Um, fucking, it's Steve Carell is in it. Uh, no. Seth Green, but not Steve Carell. Steve Carell is in it. Oh yeah, I know that. That's when, uh, fuck, it's the guy from, that plays Shaggy from Scooby-Doo as well, right? Which uh, one? Uh, I want to say yes. Steve Carell is in, um, tell me what one Steve Carell is in, please. 40-year-old virgin? Like, that's, that's the title for without a... Yeah, uh, I know that. That's, Seth a, Green, that's a good movie. movie. I would say they have 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. 70%. He hasn't even heard the... He just saw the, the poster and he's already come up with it. All right. Which is oh, no, I saw that movie. I, I liked it. It's it's even Craig Robinson's in there. He's uh, He has some illegal wheat farm there that they discovered. So, so the movie info, if we'll go over this. Uh, after a friend, Billy, dies, Tom, Jerry, and Dan go on a camping trip to honor his memory. The campsite, however, has special significance. Billy believed famous airplane hijacker D.B. Cooper hid money in the area, and his friends aimed to find it. Unfortunately, they are not prepared for the adventure. After falling over a waterfall, they are left to the mercy of wild animals and harsh wilderness terrain. Uh, so it's Seth Green, Anthony Starr is Billy, Dax Shepard is Tom, and oh, Dax Shepherd, Matthew yeah. Lillard is Jerry. Yeah. It's a, it's a, have you seen it, mate? I've seen some kind of movie about 
Something similar to this. Looking for D.B. Kubert's buried treasure. Or At least living with the childhood dream, right? He thought it was a child, and then he died, and then they go and do it. And one of them doesn't want to, and the other one's like, yeah, we got to do it for him. And Steve Carell did, like, a military movie like that. Where, like, Steve Carell did a fucking by. movie about that, something shit like that. Steve Carell's done a lot of pictures. He's, if you, if you find out at any point, let me know, and uh, future Bill will edit over this. Steve Carell? Is in the fucking the way way back. That's well, no that's shit. The movie. He's that's in the, the way movie. way back. Well, that's the one I was thinking of. I would not say that that's similar to. They all are about something. Wow, uh, Steve Carell is in a movie about something. It, it calls sounds like calls like news. Calls like Saudi Arabia. So what's the rating? Uh, I think. Wait, what do you think? I, I, battle has? I think I've seen this and I really liked it. If it's the one I'm thinking of, and I would, I would, I would give it. A, 83. 83, what did you say, Bullpen? 70. 70. It has a 14% critic score. It can't be no, the one I'm thinking of. Because why? 68% audience, actually. So, so I was close. You're, you're, you're close as far as the average man goes. <laughs> Movie critics uh, clearly do not understand the Hungarian mind. So uh, out of those three, we're going to read 10 pages I took from a random point of one of these films. And you gotta guess whether it's from Without a Paddle, Road Trip, or Miss March. The following was written with little or no context. Names, places, and plot points have been changed for comedic effect or because I forgot them. Your discretion is advised. Would you uh, like Spike or Nurse? Yeah, I would like Spike. Alright, Nate, you're the nurse. And I assume you'll narrate? Yeah. Transition. Interior, sperm bank, hallway, day. Spike, early 20s. A man whose only thoughts are about sex approaches a nurse, 20s. Hey, uh, I've been having some trouble. And uh, woman like you, in an outfit like that, well, uh... I can help you. Alright. The nurse leads Spike down the hallway. Spike makes sure to check out her ass on the way. The nurse stops and directs Spike into a examination room. Spike immediately hops up onto the examination table. They dress like that for a reason, cause damn, your cheeks are hot. Turn around. Sure thing, baby. Spike hops off the table, drops his pants, and patiently waits. The nurse puts on latex gloves. So, are those nylon stockings just part of the dress code, or do you just really love your job? The nurse begins to loop her up her fingers. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm Come on, this cannot be the first time you said this sentence. I'm going to stimulate the prostate to help you achieve orgasm. Whatever you into, babe. Uh, the nurse grabs a sample container. <laughs> rising enthusiasm. Spike grabs the examination table, crinkling the paper on top of it as he screams in both joy and surprise. His cries are so loud that in the adjacent examination Josh. room, Josh, early 20s, who's hard at work with a nudie mag in front of him, hears them. Josh pauses momentarily in response to Spike's screams. He eventually dismisses them and goes back to securing his donation. Cut to examination room. The nurse smiles as she holds up Spike's donation for him to see. Thank you for your donation. The nurse takes off her gloves and tosses them into the trash as she leaves with Spike's donation. That was awesome. Uh, I meant to say this before we started. But, uh, definitely these movies don't portray women in the best light, and I tried to recreate that in my writing of them. I will play the voice of dumb bitch. 
<laughs> Did that really happen? Cut to exterior park bench day. Dumb bitch. 18. A young freshman stares at old goatee, 40s, in shock. It most certainly did, my young friend. The prostate is a wonderful source of pleasure. To really jack up the creepiness of this scene, Old Goatee puts his hand on dumb bitch's leg. Uh oh. Old Goatee's buddies, Old Glasses, and Old the Third Guy nod in acknowledgement. The crowd of freshmen around them leans in, eager to hear more. Cut to interior dorm room day. You're gonna play Goatee because you already called that. Botan's gonna be Tiffany and I'll be Glasses. Uh, interior dorm room day. Goatee, back at the appropriate age to be hitting on a freshman, is trying to feed a mouse to his snake. Come on, snakey, don't you want this delicious mouse? The snake looks on dispassionately. Fine. If you don't want this delicious mouse, I guess I'll just eat it. The snake stares at Goatee as he begins to slowly, and from the viewer's perspective, painfully, insert it into his mouth. Ugh. The mouse kicks and squeaks in fear the entire time. Eventually, the only visible part of the mouse is its tail wiggling around outside Goatee's mouth. Tiffany, early 20s, suddenly enters. Why did you tell John was in Boston? Goatee turns to Tiffany and tries to speak, clearly having forgotten he's trying to eat a mouse whole. Josh is in Austin, not Boston. Someone in Boston is going to be very disappointed. Goatee finally pulls the mouse out of his mouth. What do you mean? I told you he was in Austin, not Boston. No, you said Boston. This is stupid. Goatee leans back into his snake's terrarium and tries once again to feed him the mouse. Dick. Glasses enters. You guys talking about Josh? Of course. It's like the main character of something. Well, stupid Josh is about to get kicked out of school. What? Glasses smiles as he takes off his glasses to clean them. Someone told him the psychology final had been delayed. Glasses mouths, me. So he went off on this little adventure. But the final hasn't been delayed, so in an unknown but finite amount of time, he will fail psychology and be kicked out of school. Glasses lets out a cartoonish evil villain laugh. <laughs> Snap! Goatee Snake swallows his whole hand in an attempt to eat the mouse that was dangling in front of his face. Uh, Goatee <laughs> leaps back, uh, flailing his arms, and the snake attached to them. He continues his futile attempt to shake the snake off as he stumbles around the room, destroying countless electronics and glass objects. Finally, he manages to throw the snake off his hand. It soars across the room and bites Glasses in the throat. Glasses collapses to the ground and the snake begins to coil itself around his neck. Cut to interior school bus moving. Josh drives the school bus through country backwards as Twisted Sisters I Wanna Rock blares on the radio. Spike, Skinny, and Barry. Uh, Botron played uh, Spike. Uh, he's gonna play Barry. Okay, he's gonna play Barry as well. And I'll get Skinny. Uh, Skinny doesn't really have any lines. I don't know why I introduced him as a character. Oh, okay. Uh, you can be Barry's uh, grandfather, and I'll play the grandmother. Uh, Spike, Skinny, and Barry, both clearly 20s, dance and headbang to the song. This scene continues for longer than it probably should, but Twisted Sister is great, so I'll let it slide. Exterior, farmhouse night. The school bus pulls up outside of an old farmhouse. I told you guys you can crash at my grandparents' place. 
The guys, Josh, Spike, Skinny, and Barry, exit the school bus and approach the house. I haven't seen my grandparents since I set their dog on fire, but I figured it was fine. Josh knocks on Barry's grandparents' front door. Please, thank you. Uh, and where is the bathroom? Those are the only things you guys are allowed to say. Got it? The three of them nod. Oh, Don't worry, Bear. I'm, I'm great with older women. Barry's grandmother, she'll be played by me, 70s, throws open the front door. Barry, it's been ages. Come in, come in. Uh, you very play. You play a convincing grandmother. I almost. Uh, interior. <laughs> Barry's grandparents' house, living room. Barry's grandfather, 70s, sits in a recliner watching women's volleyball in his PJs. My kind of man. Jack, look who's come to visit us. Barry's grandfather turns to see his grandson and his friends enter. Good to see you, son. <laughs> it looks like you brought some friends. Barry's grandfather stands up, clearly pitching a tent in his PJs. Oh, Jack, your erection is showing! What? <laughs> nice. Like these boys don't know what an erection is. Barry's grandfather walks over to them. Come on, lads. He walks by a coffee table, his erection knocking several porcelain items off of it. Let them, let, let me show you where your boys be sleeping. Interior motel lobby, a hippie, played by Nate, Okay. his feet up on the desk while he reads a book. Uh, mother, uh, which well, I guess will be played by me, and father, which will be played by Botan, enter and ring the bell on the desk. All of our rooms have been booked. Mother and father ring the bell again. Hippie puts down his book and stands up to give them a piece of his mind. Listen, mom and pop, we got no room at the inn. Got it? Father grabs Hippie's arm and slams him into the desk before placing him in a modified armbar. Have you seen this boy? Mother holds up a photo of Skinny. No. Father twists his arm. Hippie screams in pain. Yes, yes, I saw him. What, what else can you tell us? There were four of them, one room. They made a long distance call. Just let me go grab the record. Go grab it. Your free hand? Hippie flails his free hand around the office, searching for the phone record. Surprisingly, he finds it. Here, just please let me go. Mother grabs the phone record while father holds Hippie in the armbar. Look, Harold, he made a call to Austin. Cut to exterior gazebo outside the farmhouse night. <clears throat> Barry sits in the gazebo, smoking a spliff. Uh, Barry's grandfather approaches him, his erection clearly having subsided. Mind, mind if I join you? Barry nods. Good, this Viagra does havoc on my stomach. Barry's grandfather's new dog, which will be played by me, comes out to join them. What's on your mind, son? Everything, I guess. I mean, our car fucking exploded. That almost killed me. You gonna share that doobie? Barry, shocked, stares at his grandfather. Doobie? <laughs> Yeah, you gonna let me get hit or what? Uh, fine. Barry passes his grandfather the spliff. I'm just so worried about worried about my own mortality, you know? It's like I'm flocious. It's fictitious. Character living in a false existence in a story where I'm not even the main character. It's like I can actually die and it can happen. Uh, Barry's grandfather blows a cloud of smoke in the dog's face. I'm just worried, you know. 
there's so much I still want to do with my life and uh, I can all be over so quickly. How do you deal with it, Grandpa? Barry's grandfather stares at the dog. Grandpa? Barry's grandfather continues to stare at the dog. Hey, old man! Barry's grandfather's eyes widen. Yeah, you! I got the munchies! What'd you say we get that old hag to cook us up some? Dog's aggressive. Barry's grandfather continues to stare at the dog, dumbfounded. Bitch, I'm talking to you! Exterior Tiffany's room, day. Some bitch, early 20s, walks in holding the mail. Hey, I got the mail. No response. She still enters anyway. Tiffany! Girl, you gotta cheer up. Some bitch walks over to Tiffany's bed, where she lies curled up under the covers. Several other sorority girls surround Tiffany, rubbing her arm and offering false comfort. Look! Josh sent you a letter from Austin! Tiffany wipes tears from her eyes as she sits up and grabs the letter from some bitch's hand. This changed everything. The end. What happened? <laughs> what? Thoughts? Um, immediate thoughts? I don't think it's Miss March. What and, was the uh, first one? I don't even remember what three movies. Road Trip and... Road Trip, Miss March, and Without a Paddle in three. Without a Paddle. For me, it's Road Trip. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Road Trip, too. Because uh, he accidentally records a sex tape, and then they're traveling across the country. Yeah. So they stay with their grandparents for the first time in a long time. That makes sense. What's going on in the plot, though? I have no fucking clue, man. I actually have no clue where we are. Like, okay, they stay with their grandparents, and... I mean, his dad's a stoner. Okay, that makes late late night comedy. Okay, his dad's his grandfather's a stoner. His grandfather's a stoner who's also very public about his erection for women's volleyball. I don't know what the the flashback to the hotel was with the hippie and makes it called the Austin. Hey, not Skinny's Boston. parents are just uh, fucking impressive as fuck. And <laughs> and I don't know where Tiffany and oh well, this must be his girlfriend on the other side of the country. That yeah, I think as opposed to last episode. This one is a lot easier to I think you pinpoint. Yeah. Uh, final answer. I think uh, me and Botan agree. Yeah. This is definitely road trip. This is road trip. Nice. Ten minutes taken from road trip, and I think I took it from uh, an hour and four. But future Bill can correct me on that because I don't think I wrote it down. <laughs> so we'll find out when we're watching it later. Well. But it was definitely a rude awakening when you pull up a movie and the first scene you see is a guy getting <laughs> through his <laughs> you, have to, you have to come back from this. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I forgot that happened. <laughs> I forgot we read that. I, I was not. It burned in my mind. <laughs> you just reminded me that it starts with a guy getting through his and goatee. So, okay, what the fuck? So at this point in the show, we're going to take a brief intermission so we can actually watch the movie I based those 10 pages off of. For those of you listening at home, if you want to know exactly what I had to work with when I sat down to write those 10 pages, start watching at the 64 minute mark and only watch up to the 74 minute mark. Once again, the movie we're watching is Road Trip, directed by Todd Phillips and written by Todd Phillips and Scott Armstrong. Now we're uh, back um, <laughs> the next day. Uh, because I fell asleep. Very, very on par with our theme of late night movies. We started the movie very late <laughs> at night. And, uh, Botan has, uh, mysteriously vanished. I don't know, he got up in the middle of the night. I fell asleep, uh, watching the movie. And when I, I woke up, I don't know, the clock said like it was 3.33 or something like that. And Botan just 
walks out of the house and I haven't heard from him since. So I'm not sure what happened to him, but just yeah. down a lone road with one flickering streetlight. Just was, <laughs> if you know anything about the whereabouts of uh, of him, just let us know. We're trying to track him down. Maybe if he was funny enough, we'll find him. But otherwise, uh, we'll try to call him. It says his phone's not in service. I don't. I don't think he ever existed. I understand. I don't think he's real. Yeah. But here we are. the The next day, uh, finished the entire movie. Um, hopefully, you still remember somewhat of the fever dream of the script we read to relate it back. It took a little bit of digging in my brain of something that I had repressed to uh, pair up. Like, okay, I, I like to start with saying I like the movie. I thought it was a good movie. That's uh, one of my favorite genres of movies. Is uh, stuff like that, like American Pie. Uh, just like early 2000s bro bro comedy I call it like frat work frat, frat comedy work. yeah frat comedy I love it I I, uh, I could watch this forever because I'd almost say like Animal House kind of like started the yeah that like kind of film where the bunch of college kids getting drunk you know woohoo women are objects <laughs> yeah even you could go back as far as like Revenge of the Nerds yeah and like it, it's it's all that like 80s kind of resurgence in the early 2000s very nice uh, with American Pie and uh, uh, the Road Trip series, I guess. And uh, although I mentioned I thought Road Trip and Euro Trip had some similarities, it turns out it's just the producers, which is the broadest uh, connection at all. It's a good movie, though. Anyway, the script, um, I don't think it was very accurate. Your script, <laughs> after watching the movie, there was, uh, you got a lot of character names. Oh, I got mixed so up. many characters' names wrong. Uh, Tiffany and Beth uh, are two. Different, different characters, and I, uh, you know, uh, in the my the ten minutes I had, from like minute sixty four to minute seventy four, uh, Beth is on screen a lot, but they keep talking about Tiffany, so I just assumed that her name was Tiffany. Uh, same with uh, Barry, is played by Tom Green, who is not part of the group that's traveling with them. Uh, so like I got correct that. Uh, the grandparents they visit are Barry's grandparents, but Barry isn't part of the group. It's just the grandfather has a hard heart with the random stranger he doesn't know. Yeah, or they really <laughs> Specifically like... Specifically yeah. for uh, weed. I can't remember that uh, character's name. Uh, it's like Ruben. Ruben, yeah. So Ruben, the Barry that was in the script is actually Ruben. What you watched, though, the 10 minutes, I could see the confusion. I could get why the character names would be... A little all over the place. I was I was really proud and impressed that Tiffany actually appeared, and I cut her name right in that very last scene. The the ten, the ten minutes was kind of all over the place, like more so than the movie, like because there was a lot of flash forward, flashback, or flash to different people where we're kind of not sure what point in time. There's about like three to four, I think, flash forwards uh, in the story, and I just happened to get one of them, which really like. Made it seem even less uh, cohesive, especially because like even that B plot with like the guy's dad coming after him, that only includes like three to five scenes. That is got, so weird. I got one of those scenes too, so I was all over the map. One of those scenes, I got a flashback scene. Um, I got like one of the the Beth story scenes, and uh, then a couple with the actual main gang. It was all over the place. I got a weird ten minutes. There, there's arguably too many characters in this. I. It was funny. It was supposed to be serious, like the heart to heart of, you know, him and his dad, and he really stands up to his dad. But 
Like, I didn't really care enough no, about Kyle as a character it's, for that. Uh, very generic, that storyline. And it doesn't work very well versus, like, other films that try to do it. And it's because everyone shits on Kyle the entire movie. So you're, like, uh, almost trained as an audience member not to care about him. So the fact that he's standing up, like, doesn't work as well as if, like, say every uh, person they encounter, like the, the waiter or shit like that, shits on Kyle and his friends, like, try to stick up for him. Then you more want to see him shine. But when even his support and his friends are just using him for his car and his cash and fucking uh, just making fun of him at every fucking turn, it's like, why... Yeah, I want him to see him stick up, but not really that much, because I, I want to see him get out of this fuck-up relationship with his friends and his family. Just run away with... Uh, Rhonda. Rhonda, yeah. I did love the scene at the frat. Um, <laughs> hilarious. I was smiling the whole time. It's goofy. It's goofy. And that yeah. is the essence of, like, these early 2000s frat movies. It's it's really weird uh, coming back to this because I haven't I haven't watched like a late night comedy in a long time. I'm pretty sure Miss March was the last one, and that was like that was back when I was like a freshman in college. So it's been a while. And then of course I scroll through a random ten minutes of this movie, and the first thing I see is like the uh, and it's like like what the fuck? It was it was one of those like uh, what did I used to watch kind of kind of movies. Like, I, I loved the uh, Clash of the Titans and all that, like, Greek stuff as a kid, which was really coming out. And, like, Immortals, I thought it was pretty good. And, um, like, a couple of years ago, I sat down, like, oh, like, rewatch and relive this. And it was like, man, these are not great. They're not what I remember. Like, man, I really had, like, a low bar. But then uh, rewatching this now, uh, seeing the whole thing, and it's kind of like, like, maybe I'm just, it's, it's not hitting me the same way, but then I think back um i think it's super bad like i i fucking love super bad and i'm trying to think of why and i think it it may just have more of a nostalgic feel to me because it's a movie about like high school shenanigans and it's one like i had in like going uh into high school it was like when i see it so then when i see it again it's it takes me back to there and it's their high school shenanigans of like house parties and struggling to get uh, alcohol illegally and and all this stuff uh, is more nostalgic because it relates more to what I've actually experienced and, and maybe that's why I I look on it it's a lot more fonder light and it's it's like there's a couple laughs to be had in uh, in road trip but there's also a lot of why or <laughs> what? I think that's the kind of the charm of it. I don't know. Like I, I have a like I said, I have a pretty big soft spot for these movies. I love. I, I when I was growing up, I had like all the American Pie movies on DVD. Yeah, and uh, love those movies. And I mean, the first American Pie is set in high school. But um, yeah, whenever I watch these, I like. I'm always wanting to go back to high school. Like I want to be back in high school. And because that's a college flick. <laughs> yeah, but it's so goofy and like. You can, I think part of like the why and the what the fuck is going on is like, it's charming because it's like, we've been there. Maybe not exactly here where we're stealing a school bus, but we've been, we've been out at night. Yeah. Like on a, on a metaphorical road trip of our own with uh, a bunch of friends kind of thing. It's, I think that's kind of the charm of it is how absurd it is. Yet, 
you can kind of relate. Yeah, it and <laughs> yeah, it's it, like there's a there's a couple of good laughs here, but I think the the main story though of him like cheating and trying to cover up his uh, it's, it's not a good look. I, I would call it adultery, but it's it's not like completely adultery. Him trying to cover up as like the whole through point. Uh, just like during even watching it, I turned to you and I was like, "If they're still together at the end of this, I'm gonna fucking hate this movie." <laughs> like it's. Uh, but then he ends up with Beth, and it's so cute. And Beth calls Beth calls Beth, him. Beth calls him a fucking bomb threat for a guy she knows cheated on his girlfriend with her. For what? <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. I think the the love story between Beth and uh, I think that's a little little bit of a red flag. <laughs> Can't even remember the main character's name. If a girl that I've seen a, a couple times, like you know, we've been dating a month and you call him a bomb threat. How many dates do you um, need to go on I'm with a girl before <laughs> her calling it a bomb threat for your benefit goes from creepy to cute? Uh, I think we have to live together. There has to be like uh, somehow like our lives have to be intertwined more than just seeing each other and. Uh, I think if it's like the second date and you don't call in a bomb threat for me, <laughs> I, we have to move on. You're I have to move on. Oh, jeez. I, I need a girl who was willing to call in a bomb threat so I could get to my exam on time. Rotten Tomatoes, what's, what's your 1 out of 100? Um, I mean, I liked it. Like, as a, as a personal rating, like, I liked it. I had fun with it. You wrote was a review. Like, <laughs> was it like a great movie? No, of course. But they're not supposed to be i think but it also that's the other thing it wasn't as good as the other movies that are in the same genre that are just there's a lot better movies out there right i think i'd give it a what what was the actual rating 57 right yeah some like mid 50s yeah i'd I'd probably give it a 45 to a 50 the most important thing to come in like to play with that review is like i wouldn't watch it again I, I had <laughs> I've fun. I've seen it once, I liked and it, I would and I never fun. watch it again. But if I was in the mood for one of these movies, I'd probably watch like Thirty Minutes or Less, or The Pineapple Express, or Super Bad, or yeah. American Pie, just anything. Just I better just options. Probably wouldn't watch this one. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do a quick character review. Rolling back through the script, Tiffany, uh, who's actually Beth, except for her very last line of dialogue. Which doesn't actually happen. I just included it because I wanted another, like, dun-dun-dun ending. <laughs> um, Tiffany, zero. You got her name wrong. Really? That's it? <laughs> or, or Beth. Wait, Beth and Tiffany, Beth. both, you get a zero for both of them. You mixed them up. Uh, I've been watching, like, a bunch of SNL clips or whatever. And I really love uh, Cecily Strong, a phenomenal actress. I think she writes some great stuff for the show. Um, one of her characters, like that uh, one-dimensional uh, female character in a male-driven comedy, I felt Tiffany was very, very similar. <laughs> She's like both with and against the main character, and then uh, sides with him in the romantic gesture of a bomb threat at a public institution. I'll give you a three. I'll give you a three on Beth. All right. I'll give you a zero on Tiffany still. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't even know she was in this. The one line I have is not even added, not even in the script. Uh, we'll do, uh, I guess, side characters, which are the two. Um, there's uh, some bitch, a woman who walks in and hands the mail to Tiffany who's crying on the bed. Oh. It's, she's like barely on screen. 
Because even that whole scene was a dream sequence. It's not actually like uh, part of the continuity of the. I'll the give show. you a. I'll give you an eight. Eight. You actually portrayed that she came oh. in and gave her mail consolingly. Thanks. All right, uh, and then you got uh, like the dog. <laughs> Ten. Eleven. I'd <laughs> eleven if I could. I you was portrayed the dog perfectly, like so well actually that you have a line in there. I, I mean, like a bitch not... joke, because I was like, oh, like a dog bitch joke uh, would be funny. So I put it in, and then sure enough, like five minutes after our version, my version of the script ends, there's another scene in there where he makes a bitch joke. Yeah, the, literally the, like, the next scene or two scenes after, the dog is like, get that bitch to cook us some pancakes or something. Yeah. And uh, it's just uncanny. That's exactly how you wrote the dog. Uh, perfect writing with the dog, <laughs> I'd say. It could not be better. Although you pretty much experienced the dog's entire role in the movie just in that 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. He's not, it doesn't appear anywhere else. No. Uh, or let's do the uh, grandparents. Both the grandfather and the grandmother. I got correct that they were Barry's grandparents. Barry's grandparents. Mainly as a fluke. Uh, uh, I think I'll give you a 7 for both of them. That's I think fair. it unfolded more or less how you wrote it. They just serve uh, weird purposes for... Couple of jokes. All right. What about uh, Barry, who's not Barry, but he's actually Reuben? Reuben? Uh, well, huge detractor. You got his name wrong. Although I understand why you did, it's still no excuse. So <laughs> the bar is here. I give you this much information. You can. You have to jump the gap. <laughs> We're gonna give you. A, you have to take the car over the broken bridge. <laughs> I'll give you a four and a half on Reuben. Oh, that's fair. Most of you got his name wrong. You really, I. Should make no attempts at names then, eh? It's always going to be going. All right. How about Hippie and the Mother and the Father? Okay. Um, the Mother and the Father, I thought was fairly accurate. It's They're kind of an insane duo. That <laughs> I don't understand why they operate the way that they do. But I'll give you a, I'll give you a seven and a half. All right. The parents. The Hippie. Uh, can I look at him again? It's like, oh, it's probably not supposed to be a Hippie. You portrayed the Hippie terribly. I thought the Hippie... Is actually well. I know, and you'd said that long-haired guy with hippie. with glasses sitting behind a desk at a motel who doesn't like want to respond to authority. I was like, ah, why why can't it be like an old hippie? Which earlier in the movie, when uh, he gets mad at Ruben for asking to buy weed, yeah, I was like, oh, I really shouldn't. Like, have gone. Uh oh, I got to give you a two on. I that really mischaracterized. Got to give you a two, a strong two. Because he actually he's is just a, a hippie. Yeah, he's just he's, a freak. You know, he's a Bob Ross wannabe. Because Bob Ross is in the background. Of TV. He's a freak. Oh, he's a little, little, little weird menace. Guy. All right. Uh, what about Spike? Is that Kyle? <laughs> no, Spike. Uh, Kyle has like no lines in the 10 minutes. I, well, I, I called him skinny in the script. Oh, okay. But it's just Kyle. Um, uh, Spike is... Uh, Stiffmeister? Yeah, pretty much. Um... I think that pretty much went down as you uh, as you wrote it. So uh, I'll give you a. I spent a lot less time on it because I really didn't want to write <laughs> more than I needed to. to describe a guy getting. I think uh, I think I'll give you an eight. All right. What about uh, goatee and uh, glasses? Okay, goatee. First off, old glasses is not actually uh, glasses because we later learn he starts a cult and then uh, pulls a Jonestown. <laughs> Which is a weird, it was really weird to have him as the antagonist and have him not be present for a lot of the story and then to kill him like so 
violently <laughs> in the wrap-up. I thought who you called Old Barry was portrayed... Or old uh, goatee, but... Yeah. Old goatee? Yep. I thought not as old... Not old enough to be portrayed as old goatee. I think he's still, like, so, in his 20s, so... I wouldn't He'd call be him like late twenties, thirties. Late twenties, early thirties. I wouldn't call him old goatee. I'll give you a five on that, and then normal goatee. He is still as creepy though as I think he portrayed. <laughs> he is. He is as creepy, but he's definitely not as old as I was picturing. Which I don't know if that's my fault or not, but I'm blaming you. You get the you face. The I just knew goatees. it was a flash forward and a flashback, so they got to do two different ages. And goatee, uh, not goatee and middle aged goatee. <laughs> I thought goatee was good. I'll give you a seven on goatee. All right, he's as creepy with that snake, and then of course uh, and glasses. Yeah, uh, glasses was a little freak as well, and um, he's like I play, portrayed him as this Machiavellian villain because I assumed he was the main antagonist. Yeah, he, he kind of is, but he's so uh, not present in the script where it's really weird that I actually got a scene in my ten minutes with him. You portray the. Uh the little weasel activities of glasses pretty well. Uh, I'll give you an eight, eight and a half. I think uh, the last character is a dumb bitch who is uh, not actually a freshman or 18. She's the mother of one of the students touring. Yeah. And that's... Um, she has this weird... Uh, I mean, with no context. Love romance with uh, Goatee. With no or, context, how could you know... Who that was. You couldn't. Uh, I'll give you a six. <laughs> six <laughs> for the kid's mom. All right. Whole script. Uh, start to finish. Uh, out of ten for accuracy. Six and a half. Again? I give you six and a half. You gave me six and a half for NCIS as well. At least you're consistent. <laughs> six and a half. It, do I think it was... Do I think the main story points got across? Yeah. Do I think the, a lot of the little details were, like, wildly inaccurate? Also, yeah. I'll give you six and a half. <laughs> it's pretty much how it goes when you write these. You get the main theme, and you fill in the blanks, which often the way I would uh, write main story details are different than uh, other people. <laughs> Overall, uh, good movie. I'd recommend it. If you, uh, if you haven't seen it and you're looking for something to do while you're drinking or... Smoking or anything like that, I'd say give it a watch. It was funny. Uh, it was a nice, it was a nice ride. But uh, I probably wouldn't watch it again. I'd probably watch something else. There's better options out there also. So that's all the time we got for today. Uh, this has been a second-hand screenplay, a script written by one idiot, read by another. As always, I'm Bill and I'm Nate. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.